For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Summer's afternoon, I took the bus from Loris, and she was heavy laden. Away we went, and I got it was straight to say the race had played. Oh, you lads, you should have seen us get it. Passing the folks along the road, all of them were staring. All the lads and lasses there, they'll be smiling faces. Getting along the scuffs with Welcome to CHN Radio, you happy champion winners you are. That is Newcastle United beating Southampton 3-2, and in this episode, we will talk all about that. You can follow me, your host, Greg Troxel, at NUFC underscore Greg. Uh, you can follow Miguel Almiron, at just search Miguel Almiron. Uh, and then uh, you should probably follow Alan Tate Maximin, too, uh, because they were amazing in this match, and we'll talk about that. But more importantly, follow the podcast at CHN underscore podcast, and then follow this man. The best damn coast in the land, Elijah underscore Newsom. How are you, bro? We are we are we're finally recovering from the heart attack Newcastle gave me on Saturday. Um, I mean, what a way to get the day started uh, if you're yeah. an American. Just like already heart rate up. I mean, I literally was just like walking around, like I was eating breakfast and walking back and forth because I I was just like, whoa, that was exciting and nerve-wracking and just everything it was like from a neutral perspective because i had french were watching this as neutrals probably one of the best matches of the weekend like from a purely neutral perspective not in terms of just drama not like because of course if you remember anything about the match the last 20 minutes were not particularly exciting but in terms of just pure drama Probably one of the best matches of the weekend. Probably will go down as one of the best matches of the the season, uh, especially with just I don't know. I'm I don't know. It was fun. It was fun. I'm excited. Let's talk about it. Um, yeah, that's it. That was yeah. my thing. Yeah. So we can uh, we can dive into it. I I guess the one question for you is if I told you that Newcastle United will be down to nine men for over ten minutes in this match, would you? And would still win, would you believe me? <laughs> Probably not because Newcastle like no. struggle to score against like teams when they're up a man. So yeah. it's, <laughs> it's it's yeah, that was like uh, crazy to think about. And we'll we'll talk. I I've a I have some takes on this too, just by not not like groundbreaking takes, but just like players were doing certain things that I was just like, hmm. I have some takes too. I want to. I I feel like you owe the podcast listeners an apology. I did say that this could happen in this match, though. So. I'm just saying you owe them an, you owe them an apology because you I, spent this whole emergency pod. And I'm not sold on a particular individual, and I'm not. I, and, I'm and not you, sold. you, hey, the reason I'm not apologizing is Jeff Hendricks scored in his first match too. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. That's that's fair. <laughs> But I do have some some very interesting things to say about my man Willock. Because, I have very interesting things to say about Newcastle in yeah, general. Me too. Because I feel like we're just stalling. This is like uh, when you list. Like, have you heard any other podcast outside of the sports genre? Is like, yeah. literally just people just like not answering questions to each other. This is us. That's what we're. That's us right now. Yeah, you know, we're just. We're Let that, me tell you how guy. I. <laughs> so wait, how right. did you? No, okay, all right. Let's do it. Let's do it. What happened? Let's so, start with the lineups. Uh, we're gonna jump right? with three words. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, there we go. Yeah, I'm dumb. Let's do three words. That makes sense. <laughs> After every match, we ask you to to write three words to describe the match, and you always deliver. You wonderful listeners. Uh, we'll start with Don at Smick Ultra. Uh, big has big ass huevos. Uh, Mr. Steelier Worldwide says no pretty wins. Tom Bernard says cardiac arrest inducing. Eric Schmidt says emotional roller coaster. Toon Army Denver, Graham's demand. Uh, 
Toon Army US, Hayden Willick Almiron. Richie says Almiron was superb. Randall, crazy determination, grit, all with exclamation points. Mm. Love the emphasis. Alex Passine says Lewis, Hayden, Miggy. <laughs> we're, um, we're having some player naming here. Uh, Michael Clark, Hendrick Glue Bench. <laughs> uh, Alex Walshino, what a win. Bobby Joe, nope, not reading that one. Uh, way over three <laughs> words. Uh, Roy Caviani says Hearts of Men. Uh, not reading Sam Walsh's. Uh, <laughs> Payaso de, de Mierda. Oh, oh. Uh, says Benitez is fat, <laughs> which is just. Yeah, sure. Look. <laughs> Shout out to Rafa for posting a, a pic on IG uh, of him and his dogs. Yeah, cool. loving the boots. Loving the boots. Yeah, my man is out here swaggy. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, I got a couple. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> James Whitmore at JLaw underscore bro uh, underscore broski. All right, that's a that's a very forward name. He goes this team man. Uh, Damio at Damian Pierce 89 says Isaac effing Hayden mm-hmm. and London is blue podcast mm. at London blue pod says three word reviews with the winky face. Did we steal that from them? I don't remember that. <laughs> we Dude, might have. <laughs> like, I don't we, think so. I don't know. I've like, I, I truly really sure. have never seen. I haven't seen. Any, I don't think they do that. No, three word reviews. I'm I, I'm going to go to their page and see because I feel like they don't do that. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't well, know. we'll fight you on Monday. So yeah, that's yeah. my that's my. I, I mean, I guess like maybe maybe they do. Did they ask? No, you know what, Greg? I legitimately think when we went on their pod, they asked us to like, like preview them, like sum up Newcastle in three words or something like that. Because I remember saying three words like on a pod, and I've done it only twice on CHM radio, but I've done it before then, I think. Anyway, I'll have to go back and listen to the OG pod. If yeah. I can find it. Have fun with that. Yeah, that's going to be a solo project for yourself. I will not yeah. be going back. I know where to find it. I actually found it, uh, the, their podcast article on YouTube, uh, not YouTube, on Google today oh. when I was looking up something. So for the Chelsea match. Anyway. Yeah, let's let's get into it then. So Newcastle United 3, Southampton 2. Big win for the boys uh, and under not what you would think circumstances. Uh, it, it started off really well. Uh, well. We'll start with the lineups and then get into it. But the lineups were as follows and then we'll have Elijah chime in but Darlow uh Mankio Lewis Cher Hayden Willick Hendrick Shelby Almiron St. Maxman and Wilson uh the substitutes on the bench were Kraft Jolinton Dummett Dubrovka Carol Richie Gale Fraser and my boy Elliot Anderson Elijah what do you think when this lineup came out Two things. I do want to point out a couple things real quick because it changes the like how we approach this match completely. We talked about how uh, on in the preview of this how many players Southampton were going to be missing, and they got like three or four of those players back <laughs> before mm-hmm. this match. So uh, Bednarek got his red card overturned legitimately like maybe two hours after we released the pod. Mm-hmm. So I mean, of course, you can't really plan for that. Uh, Vestergaard fully fit and that's important because Vestergaard he's like when when he's played for Southampton like their expected goals against is like slightly over one which is like doesn't sound good but like that's that's good considering that when Stevens had come in as a center back it was much worse like they it was not good uh and then Romeo came back which is huge because they legitimately do not have any other midfielder to play with James Ward-Prowse uh like um, Jankovic was a, a kind of a youth team fringe player that made his his appearance last week, and we know how that ended with their 9-0 loss. So, again, uh, a couple – three huge names back for them uh, in terms of, like, strengthening up that team sheet. Still not 100%, but 
but they're pretty damn close. I mean, they're just missing pretty much at this point, Kyle Walker Peters outside of that, it was good for them. And of course they started Mina Mina, which I wrote this in my preview. This was the perfect match to start uh, to have your debut for both teams for their loan signings, because they're both coming up against weak, weakened defenses and not going to say, I told you so, but to the world, I, I told you so on the Newcastle side, it was, it was, I mean, I wouldn't say unexpected the lineup. It was, for what we were like, we thought it was like kind of slightly better than the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario being Jamal Lewis didn't play, uh, but he played. We feel we figured Hayden was going to fill in at center back. The double pivot because I, I think a lot of people had this as a four two three one. Um, I mean, and that's kind of up for interpretation based on like where you were watching the match. But there was a, a Hendrick Shelby midfield with Almiron Willick and Saint Maxman ahead of them for a decent bit of the match. Again, this is just – I saw this. I kind of agreed with it. At times, you could argue it was still like a 4-4-2 diamond, but, again, it doesn't really matter. Um, but, I mean, it looked on paper as if this was a team that could get the job done. Yeah, so um, that's, the, that's, the, that's the benefit of the 4-4-2 diamond, what you just mentioned right there. So the 4-2-3-1, if it depends on how you're looking at it, you're right. It actually can become a 4-3-3, and that's why you, you – saw those three together up, up front and um it so the 442 diamond if you overload the ball like the side of the ball that the, the field that the ball is on then you can turn it into that which is a really swift attacking pressing formation and that's the advantage and that's why teams do it and that's why i love the philadelphia union d- does it um it's because it's so much fun to watch and when you have athletes on the field it's huge benefit it's a formation you could run and like just pester people with uh so yeah so what you see and what people may be confused looking at formations at times because depending on what we're doing on certain sides of the field the formation could look differently depending on how they shift to and that's kind of how you uh to expect where the ball is going to end up in your pressing formation so good stuff you i love seeing that it's like an advanced analytics with Newcastle. It's like never thought I'd see the day, uh, but let, let's get into it. And it, it wasn't, there's a couple of talking points. I want to talk about grand scheme, but the first thing is about the first goal that I want to talk about. Is there anything you want to mention before I get to the first goal? Uh, yeah. Before this, I think uh, people were probably not that impressed with, with Joe Willick. He had his first touch uh, was like, I, I would – I don't know. It looked like he was trying to pass the ball, but it kind of ended up being a clearance. So I don't know what that went down as. And then he had, like, another kind of bad touch. And I think he – before this, he had a decent dribble, like or, uh, like a nice progressive dribble. And I was like, okay, this is what we're getting. But the first couple touches for Willick were, were not good. So yeah, this was nice, like, for him. <laughs> yeah, we and actually another – we almost scored, like, within – first 10 minutes Callum and Jonjo but yeah. it was all sides um and then Hendrick got a yellow that's pretty much what's happened so yeah and, and the Hendrick yellow was was deserved it was it was he a bad got, he got the ball but he scissored the guy so yeah. it, the yellow is that was deserved yeah so um the first goal and it just shows how valuable Alan St. Maxman really is. Um, oh, and I would also argue how valuable Fabian Scher is. They look back towards the left. Sam Maxima's brought it down. Great touch. He's in, in the box. Alan Sam Maxima pulls it across. Goal on his debut. It's Joe Willock with a tap-in set up by Alan Sam Maxima. What a start for the 21-year-old on loan from Arsenal, arriving to slide the ball into the back of the net. But a great touch from Sam Maxima. Joe Willock has scored. It's Newcastle United 1, Southampton nil. Was. Um, and we'll get to that. R.I.P. <laughs> yes, R.I.P. Uh, how, how valuable Jason, uh, Fabian Chair was. Uh, so, yeah, great ball. Um uh, on the left-hand side from Cher. And as Paul Merson called him on Sky was St. Maximus. And uh, Alan St. Maximus trolled and changed his Twitter bio to St. Maximus. No, um, Sam's or Maximus. Sam Maximus. It was even and, worse than St. Max. Yeah. St. Maximus is somewhat forgivable, but Sam's yeah. Maximus so, is Sam draws a line. Yeah. Um, but he took it a great touch and he got his like left leg up 
to put the ball on the inside of the Southampton defender and was able to run around him and, and get the ball. And then he took his time like with, with St. Maximin, you kind of, or sorry, with Sam Maximus, uh, you kind of wonder like what he's going to do. And that's everyone, no one knows what he's going to do except for him. And that's the benefit of having a player like that is he's just approaching the net. Nobody's taking him on because nobody wants to be on a highlight reel. And you're wondering like, he's probably going to shoot it here. That's, you know, he has a little bit of that in him, but a beautifully passed ball right across the middle of the field. I mean, he, no one could have touched it except for Joe Willick. And then my man, Joe Willick running into the box, like he's Christian goddamn Pulisic. Okay. He had, no, that was a beautifully late, timed run that was yes. perfect into the box but it, i'm they, not going to pretend like Kristen pulisic is the only person in the world well that that's that. just my reference right now okay, i'm not fair i'm not saying he's anything else or isn't anything else but that's what it reminded me of on the first time watching it, i was like that's the first thing i thought of was Kristen pulisic running into that the only open space where the ball was definitely going to get to where there is no other defender going to be uh, he made that time it was a perfectly timed run and i was like whoa that was electric and we need more of that. That was brilliant, brilliant play, brilliant way to keep, keep the play active by St. Maximin, but brilliant off ball running, which we do not see at Newcastle United as often by Joe Willick to get into the space, find the open space. St. Maximin acknowledged it. And then we, uh, we, we got the goal. So 16 minutes in, we're up one, nothing. What's your thoughts on that play? Um, yeah. My, my first thought actually was um, I did a, a little collab piece with, a good friend, Dylan Walsh, who Roberto Rojas connected us. He's an Arsenal fan and also just a a, a really good writer. Uh, and then Aaron Lerner, who he's done some work over at the Short Fuse. He's their site manager, which is our Espionation site for Arsenal. Did a Q&A with them on Joe Willock. And they, like Aaron brought up this particularly, and Dylan had mentioned this to me when like we were texting earlier before this. Um, and he, Aaron writes, and I quote, um, <clears throat> I think Willock's off-ball movement from the second level in the box either receive passes from wide areas to combine with his teammates on quick one-twos around the edge of the box is what sets him apart because his runs come from deeper positions, he's hard to track, and he's able to unbalance defenders. It's almost like that exact thing happened where he makes this secondary deep run from the yep. middle of the pitch right into the box, and defenders literally had no idea what to do. The second thing I, I would take away from this goal, and which proved to be true, it's going to be a long-ass day for Stevens. Jack Stevens is a center back who they had playing out at like uh, right back and was going up against Alan St. Maxman. And that's just like, it's already, it's already barbecue chicken when Alan St. Maxman is going up against majority of fullbacks in the prem. Like, you know, maybe there's like a Trent Alexander Arnold uh, who's going to be able to keep up with him or a, uh, what's the dude at Brighton? Um, Tariq Lamptey. Like those are some of the quicker fullbacks that can definitely contain Alan St. Maxman. But yeah, uh, Jack Stevens, it was going to be a long day for him. And it, it, it really was. Like, Alan St. Maxman had, like, the most successful dribbles out of anyone. Like, insane amount of touches. Yeah, um, long day for him. Uh, but, yeah, great goal. And I think we've all seen the quote that Jack Willett gave about, you know, just – I don't know if you're going to read it later. So, stop me if you're going to read it later in, in the quotes. Yeah, I can read it. I, uh, I, I didn't know if you were going to read it later. Roots, but if you want me to read it, I can. I mean – right, you read it. I was just going to say, like, essentially, Joe Willick in his post-game interview, he said, I told I told Maxi to play it to me in the middle of the box. I'll be there. And that's, I'm paraphrasing, but it's literally exactly what happened. And uh, they definitely got a little bromance going. Um, they're the two swaggy guys on the team now. Uh, and you can kind of tell, like, they've been, like, flirting with each other on social media <laughs> since this goal. It's been it's been a bit cringe. I'm not going to lie. It's it's kind of cringe. I'm like, all right, we get it. You scored. Like, all right, that's sick. You don't have to share each other's Instagram stories for the next, like, three days. But that's exactly well, what's happening. I'm getting a little jealous here, but we'll, we, we shall move on. Um, uh, the next thing just to mention is Javier Minkio, because uh, we're going to talk about this. I want to talk about this later. Uh, so right before the second goal for Newcastle, he uh, – he, really messed up his right ankle and uh, he had to come off Emil Kraft came on from him. And then uh, we had our second goal. Yeah. And it's your boy. 
front of Minamino then he looks for San Maxima in the box good ball in by Hendricks just sent him too far wide back to Almiron takes a touch hits it oh it's gone in it's an own goal it's 2-0 to Newcastle Ralph Harsenhutter lets out a huge scream of frustration but Miguel Almiron's shot has been blocked by the keeper and I think it's hit the defender and then gone in at the near side. I'm not sure whether Almiron can claim it, but he's getting the congratulations. Hendricks ball over. Sam Maxima back to Almiron. The shot towards goal. 26 minutes. Newcastle United 2. Southampton 0. And I want to I want to spend some time after the goal is to talk about this too. Miguel Almiron, y'all. Imagine playing him in the position he was meant to play. And this one started with Jeff Hendrick pass yeah uh, and it reached to my man Jeffy Hens Jeffy Henny uh he it was a crossfield pass to St. Maximin on the left side of the box again St. Maximin just doing his thing um and he was able to lay the ball off to Miguel Almiron uh he the Miguel Almiron did essentially the same thing as St. Maximin did on the first goal is he pushed the ball forward, like took his time and actually didn't rush into a decision. He knew what he was going to do, but he wanted to make sure he had the space to do it. Uh, so he was able to push that ball forward, take a shot at it and see what happens, put the ball on net or across. It looked like a shot to me, the way he like fully I think it was it. a shot. And, and the alternative angles that I saw on the NUFC on low, low bar post. Yeah, it right. looked like it, it actually looked like it was on target. Like it actually yeah. looked like and the commentators for yeah. NBC were like, no chances on target. And they kept showing the replays. And I was like, it looks like it was on target. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it deflected off of Stevens arc. Oh, yo, you're right. It did. It did. It was. Yeah. It was. I knew it was one of them who I had, like, had a, when you said. See, it, I was like, Wait, hold no, on. that whole that whole side was rough day for them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it, it was it was bad. Uh, well, I mean, it, he was in the right spot, but like, it it's deflections, and it was just yeah. unlucky because, especially because for him, like, even though it was awarded like a goal to Miguel Amaron, like, confidence is completely in the tank after yeah, that. Totally. If you because not only did you you know get sent off in the match before. He also had an own goal in that match against Manchester United. And so you come back, you're like, you're feeling okay. You got a chance to really like stay in this game. And you essentially like until halftime, he thought that was an own goal from himself. So confidence probably not super high for, not for him. Very high. Yeah. Yeah. So from this point is when it really cranked up. Cause we had a lot of action and not a lot of minutes. Uh, we had, uh, so right, just essentially right after the goal, we had Minamino, which we talked about in the preview, uh, that they were going to try to get him in, and he had a banger. And, and then, play him and, on the right. I think I got every – well, they play him on the left, but I, I was like, they're going to play him out wide because why the hell would you – like, you're, you're not dropping Che Adams or Danny Ings for yeah. anyone. I mean, and it worked. Uh, and I, on this goal, I thought immediately to myself, why is Martin Dubrovka not our starting keeper? Because he says that. Old old Dubrovka says that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's kind of tough. I think there was some there was some goal like there were some saves that like Darla had a good game. Like like the, the two I mean, goals the he let goal, in were the second were, goal. Not many people are saving that. Yeah, like this uh, first one you could probably criticize him for, but like the second goal, Jesus, that's that's tough. Yeah, <laughs> and well, the second goal, Miguel Amaran again, uh, and Saint Max. Well, that's the third goal. Yeah, sorry. Yes, the third goal for Newcastle, St. Maximin, Miguel Amron. You're getting the hint. You're getting the theme on this one. And the keeper out to the Southampton left. Almiron's won it. Almiron running through on goal. Almiron into the penalty area. Has scored. They've got a third goal just before half-time Newcastle. And Miguel Almiron may not be able to claim the second, but he's definitely getting that one. Pinching the ball back and running through. And with a low left-footed finish inside the keeper's bottom left-hand post, makes it Newcastle United 3, Southampton 1. Uh, and it was McCarthy's clearance to Ryan Bertrand that was bad and so bad. <laughs> and Miguel, Miguel made a great challenge on it, raced into the box, slotted it home, right at injury time, made it three to one going into halftime. And you're feeling really good if you're Newcastle United. And then 
uh, halftime hits. I'll just semblance up the goals and then let's talk big picture. Uh, three minutes into the second half, it was uh, Isaac Hayden uh, conceded the free kick and then James Ward-Prowse stepped up and hit a beautiful, beautiful ball that no goalkeeper is saving, making it 3-2. So we had we had 42 minutes plus because of injury time. So we had we had 48 minutes with injury time of Newcastle being down 3 to 2, Jeff Hendrick getting a red card up 3 to 2. Yeah, why am I why can't I talk? Newcastle being up 3 to 2, Jeff Hendrick getting a red card and Fabian Share having to go off because of a severe knee injury where he's stretchered off and he's going to be out a while. So the significant portion of time, I'm checking what I have here. As on 79th minute, he went down. So or he left on the stretcher in the 79th minute. Uh, he so went down probably like down three or four minute. minutes before, yeah. Yeah. So, so from 79 minutes to 90 plus seven. We, we were down to nine men and we held on. Uh, and it was just that's an incredible feat as is for Newcastle United. You would never expect that to happen. A nine-man Newcastle United to hang on to win against anybody in this league, uh, and it happened. So, congrats to the team. Uh, the, is there any comments that you want to have about? Well, let's talk about the red card. I think we should at least. Yeah, talk. yeah, and also maybe just a quick. I think John Joe Shelby was the person who could have scored like literally like right after. Uh, mm. Halftime yep. to make it four one, which again I don't it, it the grand scheme of thing, it did not matter at all, but like also just I think it matters from the sense of like there I think if it's four one I don't I don't think that even Hendrick gets a red I, I think because part of that was not wanting to make it three two the way he he got his 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 second yellow and if it's trying not to make it four two that's just you're 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 not taking that risk like you're just not uh but anyway yeah, yeah. and it was two minutes after it's been three to two like you barely even got into back into the game and he's he's pulling on shirts and yeah exactly yeah. you're right so um it, it's it's different it's uh it's it, it i mean i don't know i like so you can't pull on a shirt if you're on a yellow uh i mean i think if any other player does that it's not even a yellow. I mean, maybe it's a foul, but if you're already on a yellow, it's just, it's just not a good look. And it was, it was always going to be a a second yellow um, just because of the nature of like you fouled someone and it was pretty blatant and you know, you're like the ref's going to hear it from Southampton players. Uh, And so, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was a deserved second yellow, but an unnecessary one to say the least. The, the net positive is that Jeff Hendrick, we don't have to see him play against Chelsea. Yeah. So yeah. I, that was honestly, everyone was like extreme, like especially when the match was over. Everyone was like, oh, thank God we don't have to see Jeff Hendrick play in Chelsea. And I don't know if this is the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of like Jeff Hendrick uh, and his place in the starting 11 for Steve Bruce day in and day out. But I mean, if I'm Bruce and either one of the long staffs like do remotely well then i'm starting to ask like why jeff hendrick is there because jeff hendrick's supposed to be the sort of like in between shelby and hayden option of like being able to provide some sort of offense but also like a good defender and with willick and and i just it doesn't really make sense for jeff hendrick to really be like a definite starter by any means and also absolutely bonkers that neither one of the long staffs made the team sheet by the way, the, just that we forgot about that, but that's, that's, I don't know what that means, but it's, it's something to just run a formation with like four, four or five central midfielders, whatever the four central midfielders and not have a central midfielder on the bench is just, I don't know. That's, that's something. Yeah. Uh, and, and before we get into big picture topics, I just want to mention Paul Dummett appeared. Yeah. So that was that was something. It was a, it was a good appearance too. Uh, well, um, gotta... Yeah. Well, it helps because Paul Dummett apparently is a really good swimmer, and it was raining so hard, and you couldn't run anymore. You had to tread water to play defense <laughs> uh, at that point. Um, but uh, the first thing I want to talk about is is one we won. 
And that, that is great when you look at the table. We're clearly we're, – we're in a way better position now. We're 10 points clear. Is it still? Yeah. yeah it is. 10 yeah. points clear. Uh, so that, that obviously is incredible. It gives us way, more, way better side relief. There's no real risk of us feeling like we're going to go down now. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty – so you have to say that do you really think Fulham is going to finish the rest of the season 11 points better than us? hard to hard to hard to imagine that that's possible like that's that's how i'm thinking it like oh in order for fulham has to stay up they have to do 11 points better than newcastle the rest of the way and i just i just don't see them getting four more wins than us and i mean I'll, it has to go without saying fulham's taking a lot of draws but fulham is now entering newcastle form of a couple weeks ago where fulham are now like before you know it Fulham went from when they played Newcastle being, like, oh, hey, maybe an opportunity for them to go on a decent road of form. Oh, hey, they looked better. Yeah. To, they haven't won in their last eight. Yeah. Just not great. That's not good. It, as Newcastle fans would say, that's relegation form. So, um, again, unless you're drawing all of those eight games, then they're not, it's still not great if you're, I mean, I guess that's better than, than like straight up losing. But yeah, so yeah. I don't know. It doesn't look too slim. It doesn't look like any of the bottom three are really going to make a legitimate push. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, the next thing to talk about is injuries because that's that's really significant with this one. Not only did you have Javier Manquillo go out, you had Fabian Cher go out, but let's not forget the most important part is Callum Wilson went out and we had Jolinton come in. Jolinton could not provide anything. Uh, it was in fairness. Like, it was a tough, by the time Joel Linton came in, it was it was not. It well, was we not were just ending the first half, and then yeah, three two, and then we were down to ten minutes. So he didn't have a chance to really. And then he essentially was playing left back. Uh, yeah, well, like everything that. changed at that point. Like Joel yeah. Willett was good in the first half, but he wasn't in the second, and that's because we were down to ten men and then nine men pretty quickly. Joel Willett had a couple tackles though in the second, though. Can I yeah, some... but yeah. again, like obviously yeah. not as good as he didn't have a first. chance to do his thing. Yeah, so. So that's that's a big thing. If we don't have like, like let's look at our back line right now, Elijah. We have Emil Kraft. Who do we have? We have Emil Kraft. We have Kieran Clark. So next next match is uh, the good, good news is that next match is is Monday. Yeah. Steve Bruce is anticipating one, but but like again, I think it's worth noting Kieran Clark missed this due to childbirth, and like yeah. Newcastle fans, honestly, like screw off if you were trying to like I'm, sh- shut up like th- i'm sorry there's no newcastle match that is more important than the birth of your child i'm just gonna throw it out there like i don't have a child i won't have a child for the next like couple of like six eight years i don't know but shut up that's dumb um and so he'll be back so that that's a positive so we've we've got one center back and then federico fernandez might be back for chelsea big might Outside of that, it's Emil Kraft, uh, Jamal Lewis, Paul Dummett, who Paul Dummett played at center back this past match. He should only be playing at center back. I don't know who is telling anyone to start him at left back. Don't forget, Jamal Lewis is played sort of injured. He was he had a hamstring issue. So I think that's that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that was it. That's that's actually it. I mean, I, yeah. I, and Steve Bruce, like for the Steve Bruce is or- not able to be on the back line for sure yeah he, i know but career. for the for the fourth or fifth time uh this season he has mentioned that he thinks isaac Hayden is a better center back than central defender pretty much I, it that he's going to be in there though yeah so i i don't i don't know how to react to that so i'm just going to leave it uh and then if <laughs> just <laughs> well yeah i mean he's totally going to play center back if nobody else returns we can essentially guarantee that I think he's going to play center back even if Fernandez is healthy. Like I think Steve Bruce legitimately loves the idea of Isaac Hayden playing, he's playing center back. Yeah, I don't know. Well, um, and then so I think the, I would I, love it if we had a, a midfielder that was like Isaac Hayden, but like slightly better on the ball. Then sure, yeah, why not play Isaac Hayden at center back because he is a good defender and he's not like insanely great with you know like playing like playing with the ball to feet. But like we just we don't have another anchor in the midfield so like i don't know why i don't know anyway yeah uh and then the other thing if we have that back line that's completely drenched and 
spread thin, we could also not have Callum. And that screams an absolute disaster against Chelsea. I'm just looking ahead. That's just a thought. And then uh, the last thing I want to talk about is my two-headed monster of Miguel Almiron and St. Maximin in this match. Yeah, wait, before you do Callum Wilson, because I think it's important, um, I, I want to say this. It's different losing Callum Wilson this go-round because there now you do have Alan St. Maximin back, which does make a difference, yeah. uh, which you saw. Like, I mean, Callum Wilson had a couple chances, uh, didn't convert them. But if you look at it, I mean, Alan St. Maximin had two assists, which means that, like, as long as Newcastle players are in the area – like, I do think part of Cal- – like, it's it's unfortunate because I think this is, like, where Callum Wilson could really feast. Um, but I also am not as concerned as I was, I don't know, early December when it was, like, there was no, like, clear plan in attack. So it was, like, Callum Wilson was taking his one of three chances he got a match and converting him. And that's when it's, like, it's important to have Callum Wilson. I'm not saying it's not important to have him. I'm just saying, like, I feel a little bit better now knowing that your other attacking players are starting to contribute um, – mm-hmm you know, with or without Callum Wilson. I just want to point that out there, that throw it out there into the the, the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the two-headed monster of Miguel Amron and St. Maximin, I mean, what a performance. You have to now think that Miguel Amron needs to be behind the two strikers. It just works. It absolutely works. It puts him in the best position, and then it it keeps – St. Maximin free on his entire, his entire side of the pitch himself. And he can work his magic that way. And then not only would you have two strikers in the box, you'd have Miguel Almiron in the box and then your late runs from a Joe Willock. That is, that's deadly. And doing, setting that up in a way that we have three potent attackers always in the box with a, a guy still playing right, uh, an athletic midfielder who can still manage those long runs and late runs and perfectly time them you could, we could luck into, well, not even luck in, skill in to a lot of goals. Like this is the formation that is working for Newcastle United. And uh, you need to keep, and in order for that to stay that way, you have to put players in their best positions. It's not that hard. And this is Miguel Amron's best position. We've been saying it. He's, what, what is this, his fourth game for Newcastle playing in this role in two years like it's unacceptable that it's been this long but now that we have it let please do never never change this right i mean that's my last like talking point that i wanted to mention is that's what i took away from this i was gonna say that uh in the third game of this formation this season miguel Marone, uh literally almost had a second career hat trick yeah and you imagine if this red card does not occur that hat trick happens because he was fighting for it. Even, you know, Newcastle are down a man. And there was moments in the 80th minute, they were down two men, sorry. Moments in the 80th minute where Miguel was like low key trying to, to get that third goal. It would have been his second career hat trick, um, which is insane uh, to think about, partially because like it's in the Premier League. And, and secondly, just it's also wild that he's. Only, ha- I mean, also when you think about the type of player he is, it like, kind of makes sense, but it's still insane that he's only had one hat trick before. Um, that was at Atlanta United, of course. Uh, but yeah, so I just want to point that out there. And Alan St. Maxim with two assists, that's that's good. And it's, I remember when we brought him in and his, and we were talking about just general criticisms, everyone was saying about how Alan St. Maxim just he holds onto the ball a little bit too long, holds onto the ball a little bit too long, holds onto the ball a little bit too long. And now I think. Uh, it, you've just seen it over the past couple seasons. And I think Project Restart was another good example of him taking that next step of realizing that part of being a playmaker is the fact that you have to release the ball at certain yeah. times. And he's just gotten so much better at doing that, where he's like, he knows that he's able to basically take up space and allow for others to run in that space. All he has to do is play the ball from there. And it's like, it doesn't matter if you get, you know, 20 goal contributions and 12 of them are assists and eight of them are goals. You got 20 goal contributions and that's what earns you the payday. And I think that's what he's starting to realize is that like, Oh yes, I can 
rack up assists and be considered one of the better players in the prem because I do this. And so uh, excited to see that still, I guess the only last thing I would say, Newcastle still just cannot figure it out on, on who's going to take their set pieces. Jeez. I mean, it's been rough the past couple of matches, um, like in terms of set piece delivery and then especially free kicks right outside the box. I'm just very curious as to see like why we haven't seen like Alan St. Maxman take a, a free kick. I feel like that's something that could be in his wheelhouse. I don't know. Maybe I'm just assuming because he's so skillful. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a break and we'll talk about quotes, stats, all that fun stuff after this. Uh, we will be right back. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, we have quotes. Steve Bruce stepping on up. He said, A mate of mine said when I took the job that it came with a health hazard. The two minutes just after halftime summed it up where we could have gone up 4-1 and it looked very rosy indeed. Instead, within a minute, it's 3-2 and we're down to 10 men. The last half hour and that that last half an hour is awful to be brutally, brutally honest. It's not often you can hang on with 10 men for half an hour, let alone 25 minutes with nine men. But the blocks they got in, the challenges they made, I couldn't be more pleased. They've hung on very well. The resilience of this team and the effort and commitment of them was terrific. We know how difficult that is. Southampton shipped in goal after goal the other night. Uh, they were terrific in their defending with their attitude and their application. Got a result was pretty evident. Yeah. Uh, he said on injuries, he said, Callum Wilson has a hamstring. Well, he has two, Bruce. Uh, Javier Mikiwa has an awful injury. And Fab Share, direct quote. <laughs> Injury is bad. Yeah. Uh, a, a, on Steve Bruce quotes, I just want to point this out because we haven't really heard him speak on this. Um, heard uh, Chris Woff tweeted this. And I I was about to tweet it before him, and I'm mad I didn't. He said, now we know Joe, Joe Linton is big Joe, but we have another Joe Willock. Joe Willock's also he's like six one or six two. So you can't call him like little Joe, like what's his nickname going to be. So I'm, I'm curious to see where Steve Bruce goes with that one. That's, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to next presser. Yeah. Um, he also said with all the change in formation and system, the one person who's benefited benefited from it all is Almiron. He's been terrific. He's a great pro. He's a joy to work with. We're taking one step forward, it seems, and always two steps back. You can understand why managers were complaining because we're simply playing too much in December and January, and most clubs are falling to pieces with it. Um, mentioned just all the changes that have had to be made, formation, players, everything. Uh, on Jeff Hendrick, he said, Jeff will know better. He will know he committed a silly foul, and it caused us a difficult afternoon. Stats. I've, oh, wait, I've got a couple quotes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, <clears throat> um, following Southampton's 3-2 defeat, Ralph Hasenhutl was asked how he summed up the game if he felt the, the Saints deserved to take something from it. Of course, mentioning it goes without question, they were up two men, got a red, fair and square. And uh, Hasenhutl's response to that question was no. So there you go. That was the, the big quote from Hasenhutl. He had some other stuff basically talking about how, like, they deserve to lose because they gave up, like, really easy goals. And I would say the the first goal and the third goal, I agree with him. The second goal, like, the defending wasn't great, but also, like, that's a bit unlucky on all in all regards. But the first goal and the third goal for them especially were just, like, that's that's completely on them. And that's not a good sign uh, if that's how you respond to uh, getting absolutely pummeled nine nothing is to give up just two really bad goals. Yeah, totally. Uh, some stats: Miguel Amaran. Uh, it's his first time scoring more than once in a Premier League match, and he has now eight goals in the Premier League in his career. Four from last year, four this year, um, and has thirteen goals for Newcastle United. Uh, it's the first time Newcastle scored three goals in the first half 
since October of 2015 under Steve McLaren when we beat Norwich six to two. Um, and Joe Willick. Oh God, that's not good. <laughs> no. That's not a particular season you want to be referenced with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe Willick became the 246th player to appear for Newcastle United in the Premier League and the 153rd player to score a goal in the same competition. Uh, he's the 11th player to mark his debut by scoring. Uh, and it's the third player this season to do that. Elijah, who are the other two players that have scored on their debuts for Newcastle this year? Oh, on their oh, – Jeff Hendrick. Yep. Um, Callum Wilson. Yeah, got it. Both yeah. in the same match against West Ham. Yeah. Um, Willick is not the youngest player to score in his debut. Uh, there's another player that was two years younger than him that scored in his debut – and he also did it against Manchester United last year. Long staff. Yeah. But Willick is the fastest player to score on his debut in 16 minutes, three minutes quicker than Alex Matchy. Uh, did it in 1993 against Sheffield Wednesday. In 19. Wow. Uh, Joe Willick beat that record. So that was also his second goal in the Premier League. Um, he did score last year for Arsenal against Newcastle, Southampton. Oh, <laughs> so I just assumed it was against Newcastle. No, but now uh, that I, it was against Southampton in his I clipped the highlight, and I, I don't know. That was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some expected goal stats. Uh, Southampton led the expected goals on this one. We had 0.91. Southampton had 1.43. Um, Elijah, do you know who had the most expected goals? Oh, for Newcastle or in, in the match? Newcastle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, John Joe? Because he had no. the sitter? He was second. Yeah. Um, then I guess it's going to be Miggy. No, he was third. So Joe Willick. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, was well, yeah, that was a wide open. up in the box. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, wide open. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also expected assists. Who do you have for that one? Alan St. Maxman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that I mean, one. Um, that first assist is just like, that's literally an assist. Like, yeah. if, you, if that's not an assist, then I remember, yeah, that that's tough. That's tough if you – that's actually what happened to Miguel Amarum, like his first, like, half season at Newcastle was like he had like he was getting like one expected assist a match and it was just like not being converted. I was like uh, missing tap ins at the far post. <laughs> with chances, Southampton had forty nine percent of chances, and just to let you know, uh, Southampton winning XG is no surprise at all. They like they were they had a two man advantage for for twenty and minutes. They were they were shooting a lot. Yeah, in the, so in the second half, it does not necessarily mean that Newcastle did poorly. Uh, but obviously, if you're down to 10 men, you're going to lose the XG battle. That's just a fact. Also, so, want to point out, it does not mean Newcastle, like when you lose the XG battle, it doesn't mean Newcastle are doing poorly in this particular scenario. Yeah. yeah. Every other time this season, it has been because yes. Newcastle have been doing poorly. <laughs> exactly. Um, with shots, uh, 14, 14 shots to six, Southampton led five shots on target to four. They led um passes within 20 yards of goal southampton had eight we had six thanks to alan Tate maximum uh ppda you would expect this to be way worse for newcastle it was 18 which is it i mean it's pro honestly pretty good considering the circumstances uh but really southampton 2.88 probably the lowest i've seen so they would they were not letting us pass the ball around much in their half and then expected points a 1.7 for southampton a 0.9 so like a two to one draw type scenario is what uh, XG is saying. Uh, going to 538, we have improved ourselves. We haven't gotten the 538 still says we'll finish in 17th, but uh, seven points clear of relegation uh, at 38 points. Fulham getting relegated at 31, Sheffield at 27, West Brom at 23. We can still win the Premier League. It's almost over though. Um, we can still qualify for Champions League, 20% chance of relegation, and still a less than a 1% chance of a top 10 finish. For 
the global soccer rankings. Oh God. Uh, did we improve, Elijah? What do you think? We were in. Uh, 80, I think we went up by one. What's that? I think we went up by one. Went up. Yeah, by one. Newcastle United went up by three. Oh. Um, behind us, we have Besiktas, Monterey, and Lyon. And ahead of us is Marseille, Dynamo Kiev, and Internacional of Brazil. Um, yeah, so we are we are the 86th best club in the world right now. So shout out to us. Elijah, man of the match. Jeez. Oh, I mean, gosh, this is. I'll go. I have mine ready if you want me to go first. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's Alan St. Maximin. Okay. So I, I was hesitant. Well, there's two guys, and we've talked a lot about both of them. Well, I have that I was deciding between, but I think like like while one one person had two goals, the other person had two assists. I think the real impact was made by uh, the Alan St. Maximin changed the game, and I think that's why I gave him the the man of the match. And this is all my opinion, obviously, but um, the the he was just. Uh, an absolute threat at all times. Well, for the hour or so that he was on or really for the first half because things changed and he did play fine. When we we're up a man until he got subbed out, but uh, just a, a great... that, that, by the way, when you're, when you're, when you're down a man, like that is the player to sub off. Cause you yeah. talk about guys who are probably not the best defensively. Like it's, it's out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got to give it to him. It was great, great performance. Yeah. Uh, I, I would I would agree uh, definitely uh, to assist in the span and that and again again like not having played a full match is also insane to get to assist in in quick succession yeah. like that that's crazy uh, I think I mean I'd also for me I think it's very easy to also go Miguel Amaron, Um and I've shared like ninety percent of the people and of course who scored in Fat Mob and Lee Ryder I think Lee Ryder might have given Miguel a ten like I don't know I mean everyone he was great and of course him playing the whole match and having the work rate he did and still pressing and all that stuff like that helps but yeah. i think a person that deserves a ton of credit um again another unsung hero um isaac hayden just again was rock saw at the back i think i know he had yeah. one mistake but it's really tough to really hamper down on a guy who's just been so crucial for newcastle this season uh being open and flexible playing three positions this season and playing them all fairly well. I think he deserves his roses here. Had a couple really crucial blocks as the, uh, when we were down uh, men. And I think that was important to, to, to point out. Um, you have any honorable, honorable, honorable mentions because I, I have a few. Um, I'll just say what, who scored said. So players that received a seven or higher, there's only three and nobody received a score between seven and eight. It was three players that got an eight or above. Yeah. Um, and it was Joseph Willick, Miguel Amaran, and Alan St. Maximin. Uh, yeah. So shout out. That's all of our goals and assists from the match. Makes uh, sense. Uh, Jeff Hendrick, notable, got a 4.89. Well, that seems pretty fair. Yeah. Um, uh, he also I'm sure we can just... 7.5% of his passes. Jesus, we can. I know that's the worst player. We haven't even done a worst player in a while because it's been like either Newcastle played so well they don't deserve to have a worst player, or they played so bad that there is no best player. Um, but I think honorable mentions: I, Dummett, Kraft, uh, and who else came on? Who are who's our third sub? Oh, Joel. No, sure, Joel. Joel but but Dummett and Kraft especially coming in and slotting that back line coming on like i think that i mean and with craft essentially playing a whole match yeah i was about to say like i think someone i don't remember who if it was you or someone else it might have been merge or someone where it was like you have to, it might have been adam i uh, said like the best thing about emil craft that you could say is that you did not even notice that mankia was off the pitch mm-hmm. which is like it sounds like a not a compliment but it really is because mankia was playing quite well and craft came in like first injury first sub early sub barely warmed up and we didn't really miss a beat. He made some key defensive stops. And again, like coming in uh, as a sub and making a big impact is important. And then of course, uh, Paul Dummett, I think just like for a guy who just barely plays at all, he still got it. And I mean, he, he played, he played well uh, yeah. in his limited amount of time. 
couple block shots, a, a couple key tackles. Um, nothing to write home about, but especially like coming in, playing that center back role, holding it down very well. Um, and of course, I think Joe Wilk obviously deserves a shout, like Greg said. Insane first half, maybe not a, a super, you know, loud second half, but not many people did. I think that you really can definitely, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can you can definitely understand why he was brought in. Um, I, I think because like like you said, it's that that ball carrying ability. We saw that on display of him just like being able to take pick up the ball, just take it forward when Newcastle is just kind of out of passing options, you're tired of passing it side to side frontward. I'm sorry. And backwards back to the keeper. Um, and then of course, like those late runs, he was, he was looking threatening that entire first half. Like he looked like he could have gone out and got himself an assist or possibly even another goal. So uh, I think he was, he was solid in this four, four, two diamond shape, the four, three, three, whatever you want to call it looks, it looks to be the perfect system for a player like him. I'm just curious to see uh, how he's used going forward. Um, especially with Jeff Hendrick, not in the picture, like is, are they going to slot him back to be that holding midfielder spot? Or are they going to slide Shelby back there? Like, I don't know what it's going to look like. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, one more thing before we go, just wanted to talk about a conspiracy theory that Ryan Fraser Matt Ritchie and Elliot Anderson all did not play, and they are all Scottish. Steve Bruce hates Scotland. Oh. They all made the bench, right? Yeah. Okay. The long staff didn't even make the bench, so Steve Bruce hates gingers. And and Sean Longstaff had a lone spell in Scotland. Mm. And is related to Maddie. There's a Scotland connection. So – yeah, it's just pretty evident that Seabrooks hate Scotland. So, yeah, Scottish uh, tags out there. I, I feel your pain. It's really difficult. And I'm, I'm sure on. they hate Steve Bruce. I'm <laughs> going out on a limb saying the, the Scottish Macs probably aren't the biggest Steve I Bruce. I don't think fan. we were going to have to stretch to come to that conclusion there. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh, wait. I do have one more thing, real quick, before we close. Um, shout out to uh, all of the. Uh, can we say Super Bowl on this podcast? I, I know the NFL is real weird about oh, if you can use the term super i mean they're not listening to this uh shout out to all the the fans in england that stayed up to watch super bowl i mean there was a uh, quite a few of them tweeting like while well, i was like the hell what are you doing it's like <laughs> it's, it's late there uh so shout out to them for uh staying up staying up and watch super bowl um yeah they they say that no one outside of america says football's a real sport i raised them all of england who apparently were watching this and have american football teams at their university so it's uh the use well not this year obviously but uh people go to the bars like late and watch the game and stuff in england it's pretty cool um all right so let's depart then we're going to give you our normal weekly show we have a lot of topics to talk about including injuries including akraf lazar including a lot of stuff so we'll talk about that we'll also preview chelsea in that one um but we can't wait to talk to you a little bit later this week and uh, give us a follow, y'all. But that's going to conclude this episode. Newcastle 3, Southampton 2. Another three points for the lads. We'll see you later this week. And away the lads. Love you guys. I don't intend to stay long If I make a few quick buff It's cold up there in summer It's like sitting inside a fridge But I wish I was on the case side Looking at the old time bridge I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody. To live in Geordie land Some people think we're 40 And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how are you? I'm coming home
misty old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dog in St. James's Park, in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the river tide. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother's in Hilly Highway. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dog, it's in James's park, in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm...